Corporate earnings for March quarter have remained tepid and management commentaries highlight an uncertain near-term outlook, mostly due to COVID-led disruptions. Despite the on-ground challenges, Indian markets have shown resilience to some extent pumped up by domestic institutional investors' money. But the DI money is tapering off now. Why so? To understand that and more, I am joined by Ashish Somaya. He is the MD and CEO of Motilal Oswal AMC. Hi, Ashish. Welcome to the show. Yeah, hi. Thanks for having me. My first question is, why are FI selling now that the economy is opening up post-lockdown and interestingly at a time when FIs are actually buying Indian shares? Yeah, I think that uh, if you see uh, domestic flows in India right from the time of demonetization have been uh, quite uh, resilient. But I think in the last couple of months, while the net flows continue to be significantly positive, they have actually tapered off a little bit. They are still definitely not in the negative territory. But you are seeing that there is a bit of tapering of inflows uh, into domestic uh, mutual funds. And I would say that is more in response to kind of returns that people have got in the last uh, year or two years. So clearly there is some impact of uh, not making adequate returns in the last couple of years, which actually starts impacting people's confidence level uh, in terms of allocating uh, more uh, monies. Second thing also could be, you know, that people are trying to preserve liquidity. And from that perspective, uh, investing right now may not be their top priority for some time at least. As you rightly said that probably the lack of returns could be the reason for tapering off. And fatal investors typically chase returns, right? And SIP money in uh, the month of May was of course above 8,000 crore, but had seen a marginal dip compared to last month. You see SIP money could be falling off month on month if the returns do not come back. No, I would say that is more a temporary phenomena because the people who are registering these SIPs, you know, the average tenures uh, are consistently well over five years, 10 years kind of timeframes. People generally register SIPs for uh, as long as they can keep committing uh, month on month. So that SIP decline, yes, it is true that the amount of money flowing through SIPs has declined a little bit. But you know what, that is also got to do, with, it's a temporary phenomena related to the current uh, scenario, you know, where we have a lockdown. Uh, you know, see, the, the, the environment is not conducive to people demonstrating a lot of uh, confidence. And I don't think there is anything wrong if people want to uh, hold back a little bit or preserve liquidity. Well, yes, to the extent that some people might be reacting just because past return is not good, uh, that's a completely wrong reaction to have. But to the extent that some people might be doing it purely to preserve liquidity or keep cash in their bank accounts, uh, that is perfectly understandable. And I think that will normalize uh, in a matter of a uh, couple of months or so. 
Okay, I'll come to the SIP flow a little later on. But, uh, you know, first focusing on the May data, May Amphi data that was released last week, the equity inflows actually had seen a bit of falling off. Do you see any concerns there or do you see the DI monies into equities would continue and it was just a one month flip? Yeah, you know, I think uh, if you just uh, on the face of it, if you glance at the data, yes, you know, you might think that is there something uh, deeper to this. But at a surface level, we should keep in mind that, you know, probably a lot of it could be just simple logistics. You know, if, if the distribution system cannot engage effectively with clients, while mutual funds do have the benefit that, you know, uh, practically all the business happens digitally. But yes, you know, in terms of engaging with clients, in terms of sales processes, there is clearly an offline leg to at least some of this uh, business, number one. Uh, number two, like we've already spoken, uh, level of confidence because of lockdown and because of a kind of seize up of the economic activity, uh, level of confidence goes down. And second is, you know, there are people of different uh, backgrounds. Uh, some might need to uh, preserve liquidity. So I would say all of this, you know, whether it is SIP flows or whether like you rightly pointed out the total inflow, all of this I think is temporary. Uh, it's not going to be this way uh, if we look at it maybe uh, two, three months down the line from now. Okay. So you're basically saying because there was no physical contact with a direct mutual fund holder or there was no direct sales uh, that could be done by AMCs like yours, that could have had an impact on the flows. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, of course. If everybody is sitting at home uh, and everybody has a variety of things to deal with and think about, uh, one is the pure logistics and second is uh, prioritization and third is uh, need for liquidity. There are many reasons why amidst the lockdown business could have actually uh, slipped a little bit. Okay, now that we are opening up, of course, it's not a full, uh, you know, unlocking of the entire country. There are still pockets with containment zones. And especially in Mumbai, where there's a lot of uh, financial investors, it's, we are not at all completely open. What are the changes you have seen in this month? Uh, especially this is the first month when we are gradually opening up. Probably there's a lot of physical uh, mobility now. Are you seeing any kind of changes on ground? Yeah, I mean, you can see that engagement level is uh, gone up a little bit, number one. Uh, number two is that uh, while we are talking about physical activity and the lockdown, and since I mentioned about engagement levels, uh, clearly uh, places like Bombay and Delhi, uh, maybe Chennai, maybe Ahmedabad, uh, Pune, some places one has to be cautious. But uh, I do believe from my conversations with uh, our analysts, uh, people who do more work on ground or, you know, corporates uh, that we interact with, it is believed that for rest of the country, uh, you know, other than these metros which I named, for rest of the country, things are uh, normalizing quite significantly. It is true of uh, almost all businesses where some uptick is there and that also reflects uh, in uh, the activity levels that we are witnessing. Also, this is aided by the fact that uh, market is now back to, uh, you know, last three, four months, uh, the highest point, uh, it's come back to the highest point. And that also might be resulting in uh, uh, slightly more activity levels. Okay. You know, besides the retail investors, the fund managers, of course, take a lot of calls on what kind of stocks to put their money uh, on. Uh, you think uh, because we are going through a very troubled phase, especially when the corporate earnings are 
I mean, almost there is nil growth. And most of the companies have not even given their guidelines or outlook for the next quarters because of the COVID uh, disruptions, manufacturing units not starting up. Uh, you think that there could be more uh, hiccups as long as far as the DI money is concerned coming to Indian markets, especially allocated by the fund managers? See, my view is that uh, if you see July, August and September, uh, all bets are off. Uh, that's how I would put it. Uh, the reason being I would not want to forecast about uh, July, August and September is because that's when the economic reality. See, uh, whatever we are discussing about corporate activity and factories starting off and, you know, how people are thinking, etc., etc. Uh, all said and done, a lot of it is still in the domain of conjecture and maybe some educated guesses and maybe uh, some anecdotal evidence, a variety of those things. But none of this is perfect. I think July, August and September uh, is when we will actually see the first uh, data in the sense uh, what is the actual slippage in GDP in the first quarter, uh, what is the actual corporate performance. Some of these indicators uh, will come through uh, only in uh, uh, the next result season and you know when the next uh, economic data actually comes through. Now, in some sense, this is what I meant by saying that economic reality uh, might come in front and then the market has to see how much of it is under factored or how much it is factored more than required so a lot of these uh, adjustments uh, will happen in uh, stock prices in the uh, next quarter uh, that's how i would put it so next quarter is very very difficult to forecast but from there on i think we will get a particular direction Okay, leaving the next quarter aside, uh, you know, if I have to ask you long term, maybe the end of this fiscal or maybe next fiscal, where do you see the stock markets headed? Uh, considering that there's a lot of FI money which is coming to India, particularly in, in this month, uh, after the, they had sold off in April and in May. See, actually, foreign money is going to be uh, tenable, according to me. Uh, it's not like I'm some expert with a perfect science on this. Mm. But past experience does tell me that from here on, uh, uh, foreign money in terms of FDI, FPI, uh, that will be sustainable and that will only rise. Uh, if you take an example of previous history of last 20-30 years, whenever uh, rupee has depreciated and whenever markets have declined significantly, with some lag effect, uh, foreigners have become uh, very, very big buyers. Mm. If you see even in 2008, uh, and even now, if you see one of the three remarkable things about 2020, 2008, all these junctures is that we always look for what is happening in our economy and our markets. But I hope uh, people have noticed that 23rd March, even before the lockdown started and even before we had five, 600 cases of COVID, we already hit 40% down on the Nifty. And in fact, after our lockdown started and after we uh, had COVID kind of really blow up, uh, we've actually gone up 25 to 30% from that bottom. So clearly these moves are not about India. Uh, clearly this has got more to do with us tracking uh, the global risk of risk on and the global flows. Actually, it doesn't matter whether you're Korea, Taiwan, Europe or US. Every market till 23rd or 25th March, every market went 30-40% down. And from that point onwards, every market is 25-30-35% up. So till now, we've only been tracking these. But when I said economic reality will hit, blah, blah, all those things, eventually, when the dust settles, globally, investors will realize that a certain bunch of markets are less impacted, a certain bunch of economies are less impacted than the rest or are impacted in different ways, some of it positive, some of it negative. Eventually, when the dust settles, my sense is that we will see a significant rise in flows into India 
Uh, same thing happened in 2009 and 10. We got 48 billion dollar of uh, flows after the dust settled, and we've never seen a year or two years with those kind of flows ever after that. And I think there is a good chance uh, we will see huge flows in the next couple of years. Okay, so you said next couple of years. Uh, that would be maybe one or two years, or you mean really long time, like five to six years? I can say 2021, 2022 is what I meant to. say okay. that you know that first we've lost uh, last four, see last 3 to 4 years has been lackluster as far as flows is concerned because the us was booming the flows were moving in the reverse direction which is from em to dm uh, but uh, you know past experience shows that when the us weakens uh, the flow of money could actually reverse right and uh, the financial world works on relative comparisons not on absolutes so on a relative basis we will still have less impact of covid-19 uh, don't misunderstand me i'm not saying we will not be impacted but the kind of economy that we are on a relative basis we will be less impacted and on a relative basis our growth potential uh, will still show up uh, eventually lastly let's not forget before covid-19 came in for india it is at at best it's a slow speed car crash because before covid-19 we were at 4.5% gdp growth and 6% system level uh, credit growth so you know when you have a car crash at 90 kilometers per hour, per hour it's very different from a car crash at say 20 30 kilometers per hour so we are impacted no doubt about it but the world works on relative comparisons one last question before i let you go is see there were a lot of uh, fundraising in the secondary markets uh, last few months uh, also by the domestic uh, investors had probably got that money uh, you had a lot of qips rice issues uh, so there's activity happening as far as the fundraising goes uh, you see that trend continuing because corporates are uh, you know looking to raise funds for whatever reasons the to increase their capex maybe uh, you uh, you expect that uh, activity to continue see the guys who are raising money right now there are two things to keep in mind oh. first is that the strong guys and the industry leaders i mean this is all not people raising money necessarily from a weak uh, weak strength or a weak position right they are coming from a strength or a strong position where you know Uh, in lot of sectors or you know if you see these banks and industrial conglomerates etc generally the people who are operating from a strong position uh, uh, maybe you know uh, they are the ones who are bolstering up uh, their finances uh, even more so not all of it is uh, desperation some of it might be yes to repair or to ward off weakness uh, in the balance sheet that may be some part of it but if you see there is a equally good part of it which is about the strong guys Uh, strengthening their position even further so i think that uh, also the second character of this is you see a lot of money is flowing in from outside india okay ashish thanks a lot for talking to us that is really insightful and lot of optimism coming from you we hope that the stock markets follow the trends that you just discussed thank you thank you for having me for feedback you can write to me at nasreen.s@lifemin.com or you can reach out to me on twitter at nasreen story you can also reach out to us at ht smartcast we are present on facebook twitter and instagram and to listen to more podcasts like this you need to log on to www.htsmartcast.com this was a live mint production brought to you by ht smartcast ht smartcast